TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Any insight that you can give us on who Adam Roberts is as a person? Because we're still trying to figure it out, to be honest, David. All right, so here's a story that uh, I think he gets... uh... It's very good. As you know, in lacrosse, one of the big uh, celebrations every year is Oktoberfest. Yep. Um, the yeah, the the, the big Oktoberfest festival. So this was, uh, I think, uh, 2018 uh, at Oktoberfest. So it was just getting started. Uh, I show up at, at the station at, at ESPN Lacrosse out there, and I walk in and I see Adam Roberts dressed in lederhosen and the checkered shirts and the high socks and the hat with the feather. He is in full German garb with, with the lederhosen and everything celebrating his Summerfest. I still have a picture of it. It's funny you bring that up, David, because I actually, before Adam Roberts came here and I was trying to figure out who this guy is, I found that exact picture. <laughs> so I know, what you're, I know what you're talking about. Maybe we'll post it on 1250 in the fan later on. But, yeah, I mean, that just kind of gives you a – a little example of who Adam Roberts is. We love having him on. The guys, Leroy, Gary, they all love having him on. So I just thought that was funny. We'll give him a little bit of a time, you know, a chance to defend himself because right now he's talking with our winner for today's Wisconsin <laughs> State Fair ticket. So I don't want to, you know, just talk about him and then not give him a chance to defend himself. So we'll give him a little bit of the time to do that later on. But I do want to talk Brewers here, obviously, with you once again, talking with David Gasper of ReviewingTheBrew.com and the Cold Brew Podcast. Now, before we dive into the offensive performance from this six game homestand something that happened on Saturday that I am ecstatic about was that the Brewers were able to extend Aaron Ashby kind of like what they did with Freddie Peralta a couple years ago I mean I don't think obviously David a lot of our listeners and all that they want to know what this means for Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff going forward but the way I see it is just insurance either way if they do keep Corbin and Brandon or one or the other or they lose them I mean this is just a great thing for the Milwaukee Brewers to be able to lock up another young arm yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we had an article go up on, uh, on the site the other day about, uh, you know, what, what the Ashby extension means for Burnton Woodruff. And I mean, really in the grand scheme of things, it, it doesn't mean, you know, much of anything in terms of their ability to extend uh, either of those two guys. And um, this was a very team friendly deal. And I think the Bruce is kind of taking advantage uh, of a situation where Ashby was open to an extension. Uh, they were able to negotiate that with him and be being able to get him signed at, you know, pretty team-friendly rates, you know, especially if he continues to perform the, the way the Brewers expect him to and develop the way the Brewers expect him to. Um, those, those are going to be very team-friendly salaries. Same thing with Freddie Peralta as well. So uh, it's great that they're able to lock him in. Um, and, you know, you're going to see Freddie Peralta and, and Aaron Ashby uh, in this rotation for years to come, regardless of what happens with Burns and, and Woodruff. You're going to see those two guys at the very least. And that's a very strong foundation. And, and at the salaries that they're getting, uh, it allows them to really kind of build around in other, other areas of the roster as well. Once again, talking with David Gasper of Reviewing the Brew, the Cold Brew Podcast. Follow him on Twitter, at DGasper. 
24 as well. And I know, David, you are the president of the Corbin Burns Cy Young hype train. <laughs> and the reason I bring up Corbin Burns is because yesterday, kind of a, a weird outing. I mean, at the end of the day, he did get roughed up in the second inning, gave up three runs. But at the end of his outing, I mean, he retires 14 of his final batters that he faced, including 13 in a row. But I want to ask him, I feel like, and you hear after every outing of his, he feels like he can continue to get better and he still isn't at where he wants to be. I mean, it's kind of scary to think, but do you think there's still room for Corbin Burns to be even better than he is already this season? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially with his drive and his work ethic and his desire to improve each and every single time. You know, I think there's a lot. You know, his walks have kind of jumped up a, a little bit this year. I mean, not, still not much. He's still at only 2.2 walks per nine. Um, but I, I don't think he's going to be satisfied until he's at you know zero walks per nine. I mean, it just, you know, his attention to to detail and to process and, and to really just kind of maximizing his his efficiency and, and what he's trying to do, um, it, it's incredible. And I think there's so much more for him to – uh, you know, so much that he can still improve on and, and perfect. And, you know, there's only so much he really can't perfect in the game of baseball, but he's going to try. Uh, and that's really kind of led to all of his success so far. And it just makes him that much more of a dominant pitcher uh, every five days that he's out there on the mound. Now, diving into the offense, though, David, and Adam and I, we like to have a little bit of fun here on the Fan Afternoon Show. This is an old segment that Rami and I, myself used to do, but we brought it back for today because – I want to get fans' thoughts on the Brewers' offense in this little home game, you know, homestand six-game sample that we've had. And I realize it's not much to work with, but based on Hunter Renfro and Andrew McCutcheon's comments from Sunday, talking about how the team got together with the hitting coaches as well and have agreed that they've kind of needed to change their approach and kind of take what the other team gives them. But in order to do that, we brought back a little game. Here it is. Deal or no deal. Big deal or no big deal here on the afternoon show. So, you know, obviously just based on deal or no deal, the game show. But I did want to ask you, David, and we'll get the banker music here. Big deal or no big deal, the Brewers offense since the all-star break and how they performed in this little six-game sample. Are you are you kind of buying what they've changed or is it too early to tell, obviously? Uh, I'm going to go with big deal just because the Brewers players themselves have been saying that that, that meeting was, was a big deal for them and they've made some some changes. I mean, typically I don't, you know, try to, over, I try not to overreact to six game sample sizes, but you know, the players themselves have said this has made a difference. You know, they, they gave us some great information and, you know, we're making these adjustments and we're seeing some immediate, immediate results. So I'm going to go with a big deal. No, I agree. I mean, on top of that is they're just doing things. I always said too, since they returned from the all-star break and they've gone through this little homestand that it's one thing to talk the talk, but you actually got to walk the walk. And they've been doing just that on offense. But on top of that, Toby at Altizer and myself last week, we were talking about guys, along with Matt Carroll, your co-host on the Cold Brew Podcast, about guys who need to step up in the second half of the season and just get back to their normal selves. And that would be huge for this offense. Some of those guys were Luis Arias, Hunter Renfro, and Colton Wong. And I'm not sure if there's anybody else that we're missing, David, that you think kind of needs to get back, especially to their normal self. But I just think on top of hopefully bringing in a bat, that if these guys get back to – even close to the just their career batting average norms that it's going to go a mile on top of what they just talked about changing their approach at the plate. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think another one of those guys, I mean, Rowdy Telez has been in a, in a bit of a, you know, slump kind of in and out, but he is busted out of that in a big way the other day with his two, three run homers. So, I mean, he's another guy that um, if you can get more consistent offensive performance from him, 
um, and kind of bumping up his numbers a little bit more, that, that'd be another huge help for this offense. And, you know, he seems well on his way to doing that as well. One thing, though, we were talking about just bringing in a bat and whether or not that was going to be enough. I just, you know, obviously Juan Soto's on the table, but I just don't think that's realistic for the Milwaukee <laughs> Brewers. Unfortunately, I hate to crush Brewers fans' dreams. But aside from Juan Soto, I mean, we obviously saw Andrew Benatendi. He's now on the move to the New York Yankees. But you hear Ramon Laureano, you know, maybe a Cedric Mullins, a Josh Bell, t- guys like that. Is there anybody that you have an eye on that you think might not by themselves, take the Brewers, get them over the hump on offense, but certainly help and could be a realistic option at the trade deadline. Yeah, I think there are, there are a couple of options. I know the Brewers are interested in Josh Bell. They're, they're invested in that market. And uh, same goes for Ramon Laureano. They're interested there. Um, but, I mean, there there's there's going to be some bats around there. And, you know, knowing David Stearns, it's probably going to be someone no one expected or thought of or even knew was on the trade market to begin with because that's just how we always – seems to go um but yeah there, there are going to be a number of of options out there um you know i think you know maybe trey mancini if he's available could be a good fit um i really like josh bell i, w- I would love to see him in a brewer's uniform um you know there's there there's there's ways that, that they could try to find some uh david stern doesn't really leave any stone uh unturned um, so, you know, Mancini is another guy that I think could be an interesting fit if the Orioles were willing to trade him, um, to this point, they really haven't been, uh, but he's another guy that I like along with Bell and Laureano, but those, but Bell and Laureano are really kind of the two main ones, uh, that I'm looking at at the moment. Once again, talking with David Gasper of reviewing the brew and the cold brew podcast, follow him on Twitter at dgasper 24 couple more here for you before we let you go. Do you Obviously, they brought in Jake McGee, but do you see them also adding maybe another bullpen arm as well? Yeah, they're, they're most likely going to be adding another bullpen arm. You know, it, it is going to help getting Jake Cousins and Justin Topa back. Those guys are, are getting close to returning from injury. That would certainly help. Uh, but I still see the Brewers most likely adding at least one bullpen arm uh, to help out that middle relief group and, and just kind of get some more uh, guys in there add to that depth that has really kind of been cut into uh, over the course of the season. So uh, they're, they're, they're going to be looking to add in really kind of all facets. I think they're going to be adding a bat uh, for sure. I think they're going to be adding at least one bullpen arm for sure. And, you know, perhaps some starting pitching depth. We'll see. I mean, Ethan Small's first two starts haven't really gone as planned, um, but still, you know, they, they could stick with him or they could try to get some additional starting pitching depth. Uh, from someplace else, but um, they, they're going to be looking. To, there's really kind of all facets of the roster that they could look to add to at the deadline. And obviously, in order to gain an asset at the trade deadline, the Brewers are going to have to give up a couple prospects. Now, I kind of want to get your thoughts because obviously Jackson Churio, the number one prospect in the Brewers organization, just got promoted to the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. But we had Vinny Rotino on a couple days, and we got his thoughts on like who he deems to be untouchable prospects in this organization. He uh, said Torrio, you know, Sal Freelich, Joey Weimer, guys like that. Is there anybody that you think, although it is a short window that the Brewers have to compete for a World Series before worried about paying Burns and Woodruff and all that, do you think there's anybody in this organization that they need to keep before the trade deadline? From the prospects, yeah. I mean, I, I'd agree with, with Vinny there. Churio has uh, got to be untouchable. Same goes for Weimer and, and Sal Freelich, I think, is probably going to be there. The only person I would trade anyone in that group for would be Juan Soto. Uh, for Juan Soto, nobody is untouchable. Right. But 
you know, I think we we both know and we all know the likelihood of the Brewers actually acquiring Juan Soto is pretty much nothing. Right. And one last thing for you here, David. We're talking with David Gasper reviewing the Brew and the Cold Brew podcast. Follow him on Twitter at dgasper24. Um, Tim Allen brought up something interesting because obviously Christian Yell has been doing a, a, a much better job since he got moved up to the leadoff spot, but we're still just waiting for that clutch hit late in the game and looking for the power to obviously come back. And Tim Allen brought something up that I kind of want to get your thoughts on. He said, if you moved Christian Yelich up in the lineup to get him going on offense, would you be opposed to, or would you think it's a good idea to move him back down to like, let's say fourth or fifth in the lineup to maybe get the run production going? I just want to kind of get your thoughts on that. No, I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable with where he is right now. And I think Yelich is comfortable with where he is right now. He's getting on base. He's producing. Uh, he, he's getting hits, and he's been getting a little bit more power, you know, more doubles power in the, in the last uh, few weeks here or, or last few days. Um, and we really kind of saw on the YouTube broadcast on Wednesday, you know, he, he was talking about how he's now experimenting with a toe tap, kind of changed his, his leg kick, his front load there. Um, so maybe he's making some changes there. And, and, you know, once he did, he had got a couple of doubles and, um, you know, perhaps that, that power is going to end up coming back eventually. He's made, he's making a few minor tweaks and, and changes there. So perhaps that could lead to the power coming back, but I'm, I'm good just kind of keeping him where he's at in the leadoff spots. You know, he's, he's able to get on base plenty. Uh, he draws his walks, he's getting hits. So I'm comfortable with that. And then the power, I, I think you just kind of, kind of got to wait for that to come. And, you know, trying to force it by, by putting him in the fourth or fifth spot to just say, okay, now hit for power, you know, that, that could end up making things perhaps a little bit worse. I agree with you. And before I let you go, David, we were obviously talking about the great Adam Roberts, host of, or producer for the Wendy's Big Show. Hello and again, everyone. Hosting for me, obviously, this week. I figure we give him a chance to rebuttal because I don't want to just talk about his great Oktoberfest outfit, which if you haven't seen, we'll probably post later on in the fan account. But I did want to give you guys a chance to rebuttal and forgive Adam uh, a, little bit of ch- a little bit of time here. Well, thank you. I wouldn't expect you, like I told you last night, to understand. But Dave <laughs> can back me up here. Now, as you probably mentioned, now I was dealing with some callers on our brand new state-of-the-art phone system here at 1250 AM The Fan. So I didn't hear what you were talking about before, but I have a pretty good idea of what it was. And listen, for those of you who are from the Milwaukee area and don't get out to the western side of the state all that often, there is a little thing we like to call Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. And it happens, it used to be a nine-day event, got whittled down to four days at the end of September, which I always found weird that it's at the end of September and not in, you know, October, but whatever. And traditionally, I would always, when I worked at my old station out in Lacrosse, that first day of Oktoberfest on a Thursday, would dress up in full later hosen garb. And so that's what I would do every Thursday of Oktoberfest while I worked at that station. And I did it when I was in college, too. I would go to classes dressed up in my lederhosen, and I know I was not the only person who did that. And Dave, feel free to back me up here. That festival in that city, it's a whole different animal, and people do get enveloped in it. And the amount of people running around State Street, 3rd Street, whatever, in lederhosen is absolutely astronomical. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly is. I mean, Oktoberfest is the the big festival. 
uh, for lacrosse. It is it is lacrosse's summer fest essentially. I mean, it is it is everything around there. Everyone gets gets involved, and there there are a lot of people wearing lederhosen. Exactly. Generally not generally not as many uh, young people in the, in the college age realm. Um, but there are a lot of people walking around in Lederhosen enjoying the German heritage. All right, David, we will make sure we keep uh, Adam Roberts in good spirits and all that, and I hope to see the Lederhosen one of these days, Adam. I mean, if you're doing it for the other stations and in college, you got to do it here eventually. Well, I do know Milwaukee has their, well, German Fest is this weekend. Right. I already told you I'm going to be there for yeah, the Docks and Derby. Yeah, one day before the weekend. Let's go, Adam. Chop, chop. And we do have our own Oktoberfest here in Milwaukee as well. It's not as big as the one in lacrosse, but I will dress up for that one, and... I know usually we do cross paths anyway when we're doing our work here, so you will get to see me in full garb. Fair enough. You're welcome. Fair enough. David, we appreciate the time. We'll make sure we keep uh, Adam Roberts in good spirits and all that. Thank you for the time, David. Yeah, thanks, guys. October October's coming up fast. Yep, it ready. is. <laughs> Bye, Dave. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 